By the light of the stars, I was hunting again for a mean old troll in a third-level den. I'd been lucky so far, this was old-school rules. I should've been cautious, should've used my tools. The path was leafy and the way was dim. The DM cracked a smile, but I ignored him. And then... I fell into a spike pit. Hello, hello, I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit, episode 112. Hey Spike Pit, I'm glad you had fun in Matt's game. That's that's the great thing, being inspired and being like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play that. So glad you had a good time. That's it. Whisk out. And that's Ivy the Happy Whisk. Thanks for calling in, Ivy. Ivy's not a gamer. But she understands the benefits of gaming and having fun. I was backing up Tim in his endeavours. Um, and great to hear from you. Now the Black Hack. I love that game. I've played the one session. I've got the bug. I need to play some more. But let's hear from the man himself. Hey Collins, Matt. I'm really glad you enjoyed the uh, game on Sunday. I... I, I guess my love of Black Hack is showing through. I, I really was interested in how you guys thought about the session, you know, because I was really wanting to run it like I run BX with that sort of gritty, grim kind of feel that is going to convey, you know, the need for caution and exploration more so than just street combat and everything. So I think it was really good the way it turned out. Uh, I, I really kind of internally wonder if it's just my play style or if it's the game, because that is kind of how I run my BX games as well. So I don't know, but, uh, Oh crap. Going to pull the Jackson. Uh, and on your thoughts on roll 20, I am 100% in agreement with you. I, I'm pretty slick in Roll20. I do the dynamic lighting. I do doors that open. Uh, I throw some sounds in there. So I'm pretty fluent in it as well. Not as not as good as Jason. You're right. He has spent, I don't know, weeks in Roll20, especially in his Kalmata setting. He's done so much prep work in there. That, that would drive me insane. I... I literally take the maps I draw, 10 minutes, I throw down the dynamic lighting, and I roll with it. Um, maybe I can get in there sometime and show you how I do it. It's very easy, and it's very easy to add some stuff, but I do agree with you. It slows down the game. I, I've, I've heard a hundred times you know, people say a picture is worth a thousand words, and you can show so much more with a map, but honestly, for the fluid, quick game, theater of the mind all the way. As ever, thanks for calling in, Matt. And I want to pick up on a couple of things that Matt talked about there. Firstly, talking about tone and style of play. The session he ran, for me, totally captured that OSR feel. And it's a funny thing. When I was thinking about a black hack, in my mind I was wondering about a few products that I might like to run alongside it. Like, um, I thought... Probably the uh, Midlands would be bang on um, as a setting. It's something I've, I've wanted to get to the table for 
quite some time and I, I just see it working really well so I'm going to do that and then I also thought about Operation Unfathomable and um, The Dungeon Dozen these are both um, Jason Schultz's work and I think <laughs> part of the reason was in the Black Hack 2nd edition there's some sort of like more light hearted artwork and and some of the random tables and that have got this slightly more i don't especially want to say gonzo but if i say gonzo everybody will know what i mean and i think uh sort of schultz's stuff can be a little bit like that and um and that was sort of like my initial thinking there's even a little bit of that in a sort of a slightly darker grimmer way in the Midlands, so uh, this, this sort of I saw that common thread running running through all these different parts, but it doesn't need to be like that at all. And I'll probably dial that back a little bit because I'm not super into the Gonzo. A little bit fine. I like it a little bit light-hearted, like I said before, but I can only handle so much craziness. Um, but. Matt has proven to me that you could probably play any style you want with that black hack. Uh, which brings me on to um, someone else. Larry Hamilton, Follow Me and Die podcast and various other ventures. He um, kindly responded to a calling I did on his show requesting that he discusses um, The Front. The World War Two um, RPG that's based on the first edition Black Hack. He was kind enough to do that. Um, great episode if you haven't heard it. He, he talks about his experience of running it and gives you a basic overview of the system. I've since downloaded it. Uh, it was a couple of quid or one fifty something like that. Got a PDF copy. I'm going to check it out. Because uh, I'm really interested in um, in this idea of um, different game systems, how they transfer between genres. It's just something I'm looking at since um, um, since I read Eldritch Tales by Joe Salvador, you know, and he's taken the uh, white box kind of D and D and put the Lovecraftian um, Eldritch vibe to it and it just on reading that it, it just got so many ideas going in my mind i thought you know what other games do a similar thing and um you know the front popped into my mind i also thought about the um operation white box the other world war Two one uh by peter spawn and um yeah, I'm fascinated. So I'd like to hear other people's thoughts on that. So there's maybe a topic for some call-ins if anyone's interested on that one. And um, the other thing I wanted to say was Matt was talking about Roll20. And it just so happens that uh, Larry mentioned that he's got some YouTube videos on using Roll20. So I've, uh, I've noted that, Larry, and I will have to check those out. Hey, Spike Pitt. It's Vance. Happy Monday. Hey, it's good to meet you and uh, game with you this weekend. Uh, Matt's uh, 
enthusiasm for black hack is infectious and uh yeah like in the system um i think like you said everything is you know the stats mean something and everything's just kind of laid out there um no saves no uh skills no proficiencies just uh roll with your stat numbers anyway um hope you're having a great week and keep at it man talk to you later okay bye yeah, thanks, Vance. Um, you may have noticed this is uh, these call-ins are about a week out of date. All this gaming and playing a black hack went on a week ago for me. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit more just about this this game, and so I've I've grouped grouped the uh, messages and call-ins accordingly. I believe the technical term for this. Um, where you've got one overriding kind of mechanic. It's just a, like a unified mechanism to the game. And um, Black Hack definitely nails it there with its use of attributes and just this kind of idea of rolling under your attribute. It's like Vance was saying, it's done away with the saving throws. Um, and so all your, all your abilities, all your saves... Basically, everything you want to do is just related to your um, attribute. And I just love that because, for once, you haven't got these sort of different bands that you get with bonuses. So whatever whatever your attribute is, it really matters. You know, there's a difference between an 11 and a 12. And I don't know, I just think it... It just makes sense for me. It ticks a lot of boxes in my mind. And I've got no no problem or issue with rolling low. If I sit at a table and I know I'm rolling low, you know, I, you could say it might be a little bit jarring initially, perhaps for some people. But for me, no, it's not the case. Um, and it's not confusing because you know that's what it is going in and... And you, you soon fall into the swing of it. So I've I just got loads of, uh, loads of respect for the design. It's so clean. And the second edition comes with so many random tables. And I, I just want to sort of like um, sit down with this book and see how much I can do just out of the one book. You know, we've probably if you've been role playing for a little while you know you end up with shelves of product and sometimes it's quite refreshing to just say take take a book off the shelf and and sort of see what you can do with the one book and you know push it this way push it that way and i think that the black hack 2 is a is a really great toolbox you know there's probably things you could you could criticize about it um perhaps the the rules for armor could have been a little bit clearer but um matt matt cleared that up quite nicely in his episode um i think it's interesting the way that they've put all the rolling over to the um to the players the dm can sit back a little bit and concentrate on just running the game and i don't know it's just i just think it's really really smooth and kind of um What's the words? Um, Elegant. Elegant, I would describe the game as elegant.
and um, the usage die as well. I think that that's um, kind of something it's renowned for, and yeah, I can see that coming in in a lot of different ways. Particularly, uh, it's a it, it's um, a way to control magic. For me, I can see magic items with usage dies being being really handy, and I like the fact that there's not a um, there's a lack of certainty around some of your equipment. And something I picked up recently on a on um, the reread that I had following Matt's game. Um, equipment is dealt with in an unusual way you you have like common and then rarer items and stuff and you you like randomize the cost so um you basically could end up never paying the same price twice and i just sort of thought you know i've not seen that before that's quite interesting it it says about you know, if this gets a little bit tedious, you can sort of introduce some more standard prices and there's even a space in the book for you to kind of fill that out. Um, but yeah, it's it's good sort of ideas in the book, just like that. And I've just touched on something else, this filling stuff in. The um, book has got quite a few spaces with um, kind of blank areas, so... Like all the, all the um, in the classes, there's like a a blank character sheet for each class where it's explaining the rules for the class. So you can, you know, if you've printed off your own copy like I have, you can just kind of just put your character straight in there and, and rub it out again later. And there's even like a hex map and a, a little um, chart for doing marching order and. I don't know, it's just different thinking. There's a couple of nice little adventures in the back and everything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna when I'm done running uh, basic fantasy, I'm gonna run this as my um my next thing and, and really try and push the book and see what I can get out of it. So um yeah, I'm really looking forward to that and uh yeah, thanks for your calling, Vance. In other news, I'm also getting a little bit of um an itch to play 5e again i don't quite know what's causing this i sort of turned my back on it a little bit i probably got a bit burnt out on it and you know i was playing calmata and kind of got all fired up for bx and um you know that moved into basic fantasy but i've been hearing a few things about what's coming along for 5e i'm quite interested to see what they do with the um Sinister Secret of Salt Marsh. They're looking at sort of oceanic and um, sea-based adventures. Well, that's the impression I'm getting. And I've got a few episodes where I've talked about rivers and I kind of want to do some islands and different things like that. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what they do with boats and ships. And, um, and I've heard the the new book is going to be a little bit more uh g generic insofar as it's not going to be so focused on the sword coast um but i could be wrong in that uh the other thing is um rich fraser uh, cockatrice nuggets 
he we were sort of like chatting on the audio dungeon discord and he kind of recommended guild masters of ravnica and i heard a few good things about it and um, it, when it came out it got quite a bit of flack but i've since um decided that i'm going to take the plunge and make my own decision about it i like the idea of there being these kind of um these guilds and they're they're highly detailed in the book and um i think it's going to be a good source of inspiration i'm just basically going to lift the guilds out but it kind of it surprised me i thought i wouldn't be interested but watching a few reviews it kind of sounds like it might be quite an interesting setting i don't play magic i know nothing about it but it's sort of like high high magic and kind of almost a bit of um a sort of um i don't know maybe steampunkish which i don't uh, i'm undecided about but just sounds quite well to my mind kind of fresh i never got on the eberron thing which is something i'd also like to look at and i'm also thinking you know i never did the planescape planescape either so i'm just getting a little bit of a hankering for some of these little bit different settings um so that's something i'm going to explore i should have that in a couple of days and uh, i'll let you know how i get on on the theme of 5e i've been looking at some alternative adventure paths um if that's what you want to call them i mean they're not really they're scenarios uh away from the wizards of the coast stuff so i've been looking at some frog god games and troll lord games obviously they've both got their own systems with um swords and wizardry with the frogs and the trolls have got uh castles and crusades but i looked at um quests of doom awakenings and um i enjoyed reading that i'm gonna print out a hard copy from the pdf for myself go through it again but um the frog god stuff it is pretty dense it's packed into sort of like a fairly low page count and you do you do get a, a kind of a wall of text which is quite traditional and I, I think you know very likely that that's a deliberate move by them but it's fine it's kind of easy to read i was a little bit intimidated to start with that's why um, I've had this for quite a while and I've only just got around to reading it was because I sort of like opened up the PDF and on, on a reader it was a bit much and I was like, whoa. But um, it's got nice art and a, like a nice kind of font. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe. You need to see it yourself. But I like what they've done with the maps, the artwork and all in all, you know, as you'd expect, it's a, you know... A, top-notch production really and the troll lords kind of similar not quite so dense maybe a little uh little bit easier to read or it um i don't know it's probably not actually it's just a different feel i was looking at assault on black is it black ridge or black tooth ridge something like that and uh, there's sort of like a uh, a set of linked scenarios but each one you can take independently of the others and uh, it looks like an, a nice little sort of mini setting it's an a kind of um, a 3d 
loosely um you couldn't call it isometric but it's just a, a picture of the village labeled up and i don't know i liked it it's got a, a nice feel i'm going to print it out as well um i read i read two of this what uh assault and black tooth ridge and something about a knight's lament or oh i don't know but uh yeah i was really uh i didn't have massive expectations i'd I'd heard quite a lot about both these companies, but I didn't look into the reviews or anything. I picked it up as a humble bundle and just thought, wow, that, you know, at that price, I can't go wrong. It's taken me ages to get around to looking at them, but I'm glad I finally did. So that's something else. As I read a few more of them and get them to the table, I will um, I'll let you know how I get on. And ramble, ramble, ramble. That's quite enough of that. Uh, I need to get some prep done. I want to come up with my 20 secrets, uh, not 20, 10 secrets for tomorrow's game. Session 5 um, of the Tomb of the Serpent Kings. More about that later in the week. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody who called in. Take care and I'll catch you later.